Hello, and welcome back to PwC IFRS Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Pride. To celebrate the upcoming reporting season, I have two guests with me today to talk about what is going to matter to investors during 2022. Um, so with me today, I have Hilary Eastman, PwC's Head of Global Investor Engagement, and Gail Wilkinson, our Global Investor Engagement Manager. Welcome, Hilary and Gail. Hi, Andrea. Hi, thanks for having us. So for those of you who don't know, um, Hilary and Gail are from our Global Investor Engagement team, and this team regularly meets with investors and analysts to understand their views on reporting, audit, governance, and regulation that affects the information that they use in their investment analysis and decision-making. So um, Hilary, you came onto the podcast a few times last year, and when we talked in uh, right at the beginning of last year in episode 101, um, we had a chat about how investors use general purpose financial statements and that they still matter to investors. Um, you told us also about the things that investors would be focusing on. I'm not going to ask you to compare how that was um, fact and reality, but can you tell us about what you think investors are likely to be focusing their attention on this year? Yeah, yeah. So you remember last year when we talked, Andrew, that there was quite a bit of focus on COVID and the effect it was having on performance and in particular ongoing concern assessments. This year, it seems that investors are now getting used to how COVID is affecting companies. We're all kind of getting used to the way, the new way of working, but we're still um, on the lookout for signs of COVID washing or using COVID to explain sources of poor performance. So investors are are keen to understand that. And they're also looking at the effects of COVID and how they're reflected in non-GAAP adjustments. There are also some questions about risk to supply chain resilience. And so disclosures about how companies are managing that is really helpful. Another area of focus is developments in ESG reporting, which we also touched on last year, but quite briefly. Last year, there were quite a few developments, including the announcement of the formation of the International Sustainability Standards Board, and I think ESG reporting will continue to be a focus for investors in this reporting season, particular, particularly around climate change and human capital management. Now, investors are also alert to the possibility of greenwashing, uh, which is trying to make a company appear more sustainable than it actually is. So companies should think about how they're describing their commitments and targets and progress and how those might be interpreted in the markets. And finally, a couple other issues on top of mind for investors are better disclosures on supplier finance arrangements and, of course, intangible assets. Okay, thanks, Hilary. So there's a few um, things there which I think have been coming up time and time again. Uh, and so it's interesting to see that these things still matter to investors. Gil, your team did an investor survey at the end of last year. Could you tell us a bit about that survey and what the key themes were coming out of it, please? Yeah, we got some really great insights from the survey. Um, and to set the scene a bit, we heard from 325 investment professionals in the online survey. And then we did about 40 interviews around the world as well. And uh, the key points that came through were, firstly, as probably expected, ESG is becoming more integrated into investment analysis, with almost 80% agreeing ESG was an important factor in their decision making. And a similar number said they consider ESG risks and opportunities facing a company when screening potential investments. Secondly, investors expect companies to embed ESG into their corporate strategy and C-suite accountability helps them see how seriously a company takes managing ESG performance. Thirdly, 
investors understand there will be trade-offs as companies balance the investments they need to make to address ESG issues with the value those investments are expected to create. So we were pleasantly surprised to see that three quarters of investors agreed that companies should address ESG issues relevant to their business, even if it reduces short-term profitability. However, only about a third said they would accept a reduction in their investment return for companies that undertake activities that have a beneficial impact on society or the environment. We suspect that this apparent inconsistency is largely driven by their fiduciary duty and client mandates. And finally, investors said they will take action if they feel companies aren't doing enough on ESG. So they will engage with the company, vote against director appointments or resolutions, and if needed, they could sell their investment. Thanks, Gail. So that tells us a bit about what the investors are hoping to see um, in the future. Um, did they say anything about their views on the quality of ESG reporting today? There were some really strong messages that came through. Um, so annual reports and sustainability reports top the list of sources for ESG information. So this is a real positive for companies as these top sources are under their control. But worryingly, investors feel that the current quality of ESG reporting is poor. Only about a third said it's good enough. And it came through quite clearly that they're lacking good information about companies' plans for how they're going to reach the environmental social commitments they've made. And they also struggle to get good information on areas as fundamental as the relevance of ESG factors to the business model and the related financial implications. So from an investor's perspective, there's still quite a lot that companies can do to improve the quality of their ESG reporting. Okay, and it sounds that that's around the area of transparency and, and understanding whether or not there is in fact greenwashing going on or, or whether the companies do have a good plan for meeting the targets that they've set. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Hilary, turning to you again, you mentioned earlier the developments in sustainability reporting and, and Gail mentioned it too, and these were a big feature of 2021. So we had our green mini series and we covered in several IFRS top the issues around sustainability reporting. Um, but what has been the reaction to these developments from the investor community? Overall, it's been really positive. And even with all the developments in ESG reporting over the past year, though, not much of it has actually come into place yet that's mandatory. So far, we're pretty much only seeing a lot of plans and a bit of voluntary reporting um, being taken up by companies. So investors are really looking forward to policymakers addressing the reporting and regulatory fragmentation that we're seeing in this area and making reporting mandatory and consequently, hopefully, more comparable and consistent for them. Okay. I think a lot of the developments have been driven by the investor demand, so hopefully they will get what they want out of this. Gail, you'd covered this a little bit in your survey too, although it was before the official ISSB announcement. But before then, what did the investors say about this? Yeah, so the majority of investors said that they think it's important that ESG reporting is prepared using a recognised framework and that their decision making would be better informed if companies applied a single set of ESG reporting standards. So it isn't surprising that a number of investors, as you say, have publicly welcomed the developments around the ISSB, as well as the moves the SEC and the EU are making in this area as well. So I expect that they will be looking closely at the proposals as they are announced and will contribute to the consultation process. But with these moves, what that means is that there will be three sets of sustainability standards from the SEC, EU, as well as the ISSB. And we have heard questions around whether that is going to be confusing to investors and others. But ultimately, even if that's the case, three is still better than the alphabet soup we have now. And investors are hopeful that it will be like what we have today with IFRS and US GAAP for financial reporting. Once you can understand both and know the differences between the frameworks, you can make adjustments accordingly for comparisons. 
and we may yet see some alignment between these requirements in time. That's great. Thanks, Gail. Okay, so with the sustainability standards, obviously these will ultimately cover a, a number of items, but I think the first thing that the focus in, is on is on climate risks. So, Hilary, could you tell us a bit more about the interest in climate risks and what investors are asking for in this area? This is certainly a focus area. The risk of climate change on a business is front of mind for investors, and they're looking for information about how companies are managing this risk, and they're not able to find it in a lot of cases. So this is why some investor groups have been vocal on this, and we've been hearing it in a number of jurisdictions. I'll try to distill what they're asking for into a couple of main areas. Firstly, they want to know about the actions companies are taking to address the physical and transition risks of climate change and how those translate into financial statement assumptions. So for example, asset lives. They're also expecting auditors to be focused on this in their audits. Secondly, they want more transparency about this. They wanna be able to see in the reporting what the company is doing, and they're looking for consistency between a company's public commitments, say to net zero, um, and its financial reporting. It's worth mentioning materiality here too, because for investors, the fact that a company has determined that climate risk does not have a material impact on the financial statements in itself is material information. And it can't hurt to over-communicate on this point at this time. Finally, investors would like to see sensitivity analysis of various climate scenarios, particularly for those companies in the most affected industries. This can help them when they're engaging with companies uh, about their strategy and plans on how they're managing climate risk. The focus seems to be very much on climate risks at the moment, but that's not the only part of the ESG study, is it, Hillary? What else are investors interested in? So the E in ESG is definitely front of mind for everybody, and I think that's largely down to the fact that COP26 happened recently. But the S in ESG is not far behind, and clearly there are some social implications and some of the environmental issues, and I think we'll see that as we move forward. In our investor survey, we also saw that um, even though addressing greenhouse gas emissions was one of the top priorities investors think that businesses should be handling, the social issues were also pretty high up there. So employee health and safety, employee well-being, diversity issues, so diversity at the board level and senior executive level, but also really at all levels of an organization. Um, they want to know more about how employees are being trained and how that is affecting the business and potential recruitment rates, retention rates, and also, not unimportantly, is the impact on local communities and you know, businesses create jobs and they pay taxes. And so there are a lot of really important social aspects that businesses contribute to within a local community. So investors are kind of looking at that more holistic picture of what companies are doing on the S side of things as well. Okay, so, um, okay, thanks, uh, Hilary, for that. Okay, so before we wrap up at the end of the podcast, um, We've talked a bit about the climate risks and the ISSB and ESG matters and the importance that this will be having for investors in the future. But we're now sitting in January 2022. Are there any final comments that you'd like to take the opportunity to remind companies as they get ready for reporting season? Yeah, I just add some final reminders. So non-GAAP measures, as usual, are a big focus area. Investors are looking for clear reconciliations and explanations for adjustments made. Um, in many parts of the world, this is now regulated, which is helpful. Um, but investors and analysts do look at it as an indicator of earnings quality and large adjustments are a red flag to them. 
secondly, highlight the importance of transparency and disaggregation. Investors don't like it when companies have large other balances. And finally, of course, simply following good practice in reporting generally, so being transparent, ensuring it's clear and balanced, and avoiding disclosing boilerplate information. Those are some really great points. And in addition, for ESG reporting, we found a few recurring themes in our survey that might be helpful reminders for companies this year end. One is that they should focus on what really matters to their business and explaining why this is and how they're managing the inevitable trade-off. Another is to benchmark to peers to see what's good practice in the industry. And finally, being open and balanced about how they see the future regarding both the opportunities and the risks that are facing the business. And also, it's important for companies to remember that investors and analysts are indeed using the annual report to get information on ESG and other activities. So companies should make an effort to use it to tell their own their story in their own way. So thank you, Hilary and Gail, for coming to our podcast and telling us about what matters to investors. And to all our listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Stay safe and happy accounting. The preceding programme was brought to you by PricewaterhouseCoopers LLP. This content is for general information purposes and is not a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.